as we conclude the celebration of Black History Month today. We celebrate the nomination of our first black woman Supreme Court Judge Katandre Brown Jackson. This is a historic occasion. It's an historic choice as no woman of color has ever sent it to the, <clears throat> to the nation's highest court in over 200 years of existence. We take out this time because we believe history is important. When we look at the biblical record, we see that history plays an important role in the development of God's children. History is a source of faith. From history, we can learn what God has done for others and have faith that he's able to do the same thing for us. When Moses tried to give the children of Israel reasons to trust God, he begins his writings not with the Esther story, but rather with the historical book called Genesis that tells the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. History is also a source of hope. Daniel, while living behind enemy lines, seeks a reason for hope, does not search the future, but the historical writings of Jeremiah. History is a source of understanding. When the Apostle Paul addresses the need for a savior, he does not use personal or present sins, but connects the need of a savior back to the first man, Adam, and the original sin. Finally, history is a source of vision. The vision of New Providence Missionary Baptist Church is rooted and grounded in the vision of God for his church. And on last week, the Sunday school shared our history. And the word was, you don't know our story. So not only is history important genuinely, but history, black history, is important particularly. Black history teaches us about the numerous contributions made by individuals of African descent. Contributions in the fields of science and politics and world affairs and education. Lessons about hard work and faithfulness. And you can make it if you try. The history of black church can also teach us a lot. The history of the black church can teach us about faith in God in spite of conditions and situations. About the power in prayer. About holding on to God's unchanging hand. And the amazing grace that God has shown toward us. The black church was born in slavery reared in segregation and discrimination. And now in the prime of its life, the black church is standing at a crossroad between the ways of the oppressor and the ways of his foreparents. The choice we make will determine our future. It has been said the black church is dangerously close 
to losing its soul. Racial relationships in this nation, never really good, are today again deteriorating and declining. So the question everyone is asking is, what are we going to do? And the answer is stand still and wait. Our scripture this morning, Exodus, the ten plagues have happened, happened ending with the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians and passing over the Israelites who were covered by the blood of the Lamb. Moses and the children of Israel had left Egypt, headed toward the promised land. They hadn't made it there yet, however, they couldn't go back to Egypt. And I stopped by to tell somebody this morning, you can't go back to Egypt. You can't go back. So that means you've got to go forward. See, see, they were faced with similar, similarly impossible future. The Red Sea in front of them and the enemy pursuing them behind. The people began to complain, looking at what they were facing and what was coming after them, wondering, what are we going to do? When in the midst of uncertainty, confusion, and fear, God said, stand still. Stand still and wait. We are in this place between there and here. We are living in this place of uncertainty and chaos and crisis. And it is here that we begin to ask God, like David said in Psalms 13, how long, Lord? Will thou hide thy face from me? How long, Lord? And although the situation may be a little different, church, and have a different name, it is within this place that we all must go through it sometime or another. It just so happens that the entire world is going through this one at the same time. Noah went through it. It was called the flood. Abraham went through it. It was called the Mount of Moriah. Moses went through it. It was called the desert experience. The Israelites went through it, and it was called the wilderness. Elijah went through it, and it was called Zarephath. The three Hebrew boys went through it, and it was called the fiery furnace. Daniel went through it, and it was called the lion's den. Paul went through it, and it was called prison. John went through it, and it was called Patmos. And you and I must, at some point, go through our personal wilderness experience. And you got to understand, church, that every place that has been gone through has been for a purpose. Understand that this is a place that God is developing our character. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in the times of challenge and controversy. Yes, this pandemic has changed how we live, tested our faith, tried our patience, cost us jobs, and taken lives, but it is also developing character. What do you mean, Mary Hagee, about character? Well, character is made in the murky times of life and built in a lifetime. Reputations are built in a moment. Reputation is what man says about you. Character is what the angels say about you. 
Reputation is a form of godliness. Character is a power thereof. Reputation is like a shadow, but character is like a tree. When you succeed momentarily, it is because of what you know. When you succeed temporarily, it is because of what you do. And when you succeed permanently, it is because of what you are. The reason that we experience in the wilderness, the reason we are between there and here, is because God is working on us. He had to first get our attention, draw us closer to him, and then work on our character. He's trying to get you and I to a point that we are able to stand in the midst of a challenge and controversy with comfort and with confidence. Not in the ability of man, not in what you think you know, not in economics, political, or military might, but because of who and whose you are. Can I get an amen out there? Because see, if we look at Moses in the book of Exodus 14, and he says, and the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Understand, my brothers and sisters, that Moses at this point was not praying. He was not calling on the name of the Lord, saying, Oh Lord, you know that you are able to deliver us from the hand of Pharaoh. He wasn't saying, Lord, we knew, know that you didn't bring us this far to leave us. Moses didn't say, we know that you are way-making, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we ask or think. So, Lord, we need you to come by here and deliver us this day from the hands of our enemies. I don't believe he told the children of Israel, though he slay us, yet shall we trust him. Church, there was no song being sung, no hands being clapped, no scripture being quoted. I believe he stood there in that place. The place between the uh, uh, Red Sea and Pharaoh with a can't believe this look on his face. Here they had given up some things, believing God for some things, but hadn't yet come into those things. And they were now in this place called, I'm uh, talking about, Lord, now what? The Red Sea is in front of us. Pharaoh is coming behind us. Lord, what are we going to do? Sometimes, church, we get that can't believe it look on our face. We can't figure out what is going on. The news outlets have us confused. The medical reports scare us. The governmental system has us running around in circles. And we find ourselves with a look of uncertainty on our face. There is nothing wrong with getting a can't believe this look on your face. Because that just lets everybody know that you know you don't know what in the world to do. Now, Lord, it's totally up to you. So, see, church, we are at this point where the world is asking the question, what are we going to do? Russia and Ukraine, Lord, what are we going to do? America, what are we going to do? People of God, what are we going to do? Do we get back to life as normal? We are faced with a situation that calls our leaders to understand that the well-being of the people must be based on medical data and not egotistical propaganda. It's time to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Someone may say then, but if we stand still, the economy will collapse. If we stand still, business will never recover. If we stand still, the political structure will fall. 
If we stand still, we will all die. What benefit is that if we stand still? Well, my brothers and sisters, I stopped by to tell you, when we stand still, God can teach us something. Can I get a hallelujah on that? I want to say that one more time. When we stand still, God can teach us something. So many times we think we have all the answers. We think I know exactly what to do. We think I got it all under control, only to realize that we messed things up. If we would just stand still and watch God be God. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Strength is renewed when we wait, when we stand still. When we stand still, God teaches us patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit that comes as we learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Developing and growing in patience is a process that cultivates and shapes our character, transforming us from our human nature into the likeness of Christ Jesus. When we stand still, we can listen to God. Listening to God is like listening to anyone else before you can hear him. You must be ready to listen. Just as in any other conversation, you cannot hear the other person if you are talking or if, you, if your mind is distracted. So we must stand still and listen to God speak just like Moses did. Moses listened for the Lord's instructions. He realized that without listening to God, he couldn't get where God wanted him to go. Without God's instructions, his leadership, his guidance, we cannot be successful moving forward. We got to have Jesus. Somebody ought to say, I got to have Jesus. If we want to be successful, save lives, save the economy, gather together again in worship and beat this pandemic, we need to stand still and listen to what God has to say. Somebody under the sound of my voice right now is in between a rock and a hard place. But I'm here to tell you this morning, stand still. Don't back up. Don't give up. Just stand still and wait on the Lord. Come on, somebody. And only when we stand still, we can learn that God is in control. We need to pray, Lord, help us to stand still and not to strive. Help us to stand still and focus on you. Help us to stand still and listen to you. Help us to stand still and be led by you. Teach us to wait without grumbling and complaining. Oh, I need to say that again. Teach us, God, how to wait without grumbling and complaining. Guide us where you will have us to be and not where we want to be. Give us the patience to wait on you. Teach us how to wait on you. For when our heart is overwhelmed, lead us to a rock that is higher than I. For our soul, for thou has been a shelter for us and a strong tower from the enemy. And church, when we stand still, we let God do the leading. Moses didn't lead the people of Egypt. It was the Lord. Exodus 13, 21 says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in the pillar of a fire to give them light to go day by day. The Lord led them. Moses was just following instructions. We need to just follow instructions from the Lord and listen to how he is speaking either through the preacher 
are through the doctors, are the medical professionals, are scientists, and let him lead. It doesn't matter what folks say you ought to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like to folk. What matters is that we should stand still and let God lead us. We need to stand still and let God be God in our lives, in our world, and in this current situation and see miraculous things happen. Oh, I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for a miracle in Ukraine right now. I'm looking for a miracle in America right now. I'm looking for a miracle in our lives right now. Are you looking for a miracle right now? Then stand still and wait. And we need to stand still and let God be God in our lives, in our world, and in the current situation. Daniel was told that if he prayed to any god but the king, he would be thrown in a lion's den. But Daniel decided to stand still and pray to God anyhow. And because he decided to stand still, God performed a miracle and shut the mouths of the hungry lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told either to bow down to the golden image or be thrown in a fiery furnace. They decided to stand still. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. But, O king, but if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image that thou hast set up before us. See, church, God has a purpose, and God has a plan. We got to hold on and be strong. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you got to stand still. Don't you give up. And don't you give in. Look at Paul and Silas. They were in jail. They had been beaten at midnight. And they decided to stand still and pray and sing praises to the Lord. Sometimes standing still means giving God praise in the midnight hour. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? This is the midnight hour time. And it's time to stand still and praise the Lord. If we just stand still like Fred Hammond says, late in the midnight hour, <laughs> God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in our favor. So if you're in your midnight hour right now, you just stand still because I believe late in the midnight hour, God is going to turn your situation around. Am I talking to anybody right now? As I get ready to take my seat, church stand still. Jesus stood still. When they talked about him, he just decided he would stand still. When they lied on him, he stood still. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he decided to stand still. When they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall, Jesus stood still. When they nailed him to the cross, he decided to stand still. He died and was buried. He stayed there three days. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He just stood there. Come on, somebody. Holding the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He stood there and said, by my power, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. By the power of God, I am that I am. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Why, Mary Hagin? Because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. We dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is seeking sand. All of the ground is seeking sand. All you got to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. 
we invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Varina, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.